It's DTS 205 and E3 week is upon us. Forsaken, the annual pass, Anthem, Division 2, and a whole lot more. All that coming up. You're listening to Destiny The Show. What's good, everybody, and welcome to the DTS Podcast. I am BBK Dragoon. I'm joined, as always, by my great co-host, Diddy. What a week it's been so far. The Sony conference is in just a little bit. We're going to see more stuff there, but already Anthem, Division 2, freaking Cyberpunk 77, Halo Infinite, Dying Light 2, Doom 2, Fallout 76, and a billion other things. It's pretty good E3 so far. It has been a pretty good E3, and I got to say... Man, the end of the Bethesda conference, that presenter, he he's so great. Every E3 presenter should be like him. Todd Howard? Yes. Yes. It's like, how do you not know Todd Howard, my I, man? I forgot his name. I'm sorry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I feel like there are moments where the kicking off of the podcast, like, humor is just not heavy enough. Are you excited for 76? I am. I'm, yeah. But I say that not having fully played any Fallout game because... I just I never got into them, but this one, uh, yeah, I think I'm gonna have to. Yeah, I the moment where you get the nuclear codes and can nuke somebody else's settlement, like another player character settlement, that that's priceless. Like that will be <laughs> incredible. That single thing, I was like, yep, uh, you had me at multiplayer Fallout, but I'm totally in at this point. Uh, there's a lot to talk about. I don't even want to waste time. We've got Forsaken, uh, the new Destiny expansion coming this fall to talk about, as well as Anthem, Division 2, and Warframe actually announced that the Sacrifice Quest is coming out this week, so why don't we just get into the news? News! All right, Diddy, so last week when we recorded the show, Forsaken was revealed just a few hours after the show launched and what what do you think about it what are the initial impressions what are the high points that a player can expect if they've been totally in the dark what are they going to get in this expansion yeah absolutely september 4th of course and i think forsaken looks great the content that they're providing in the september launch is is actually i think really good for the game so you can expect to they say i'm just gonna do some bullet points here hunt down the eight barons and their crew. That's probably the story there. Two new destinations, the Tangled Shore and the Dreaming City. A brand new raid, not a lair. Uh, Gambit new 4v4 competitive PvE VP mode. Yeah. We'll talk about that in a minute. Nine additional supers. That is super awesome. Collect mm-hmm. new exotic weapons, armor, and gear. New weapon type, the bow, is going to be awesome. And new story missions, adventures, and destination activities, and more, of course. It, it looks like the Taken Kinganing of our Destiny 2, does it not? The Taken Kinganing. <laughs> so we're just getting rid of the Taken Queen, so it's now yeah. the Taken Kinganing? I, I think that verb fit it better. The overall vibe <laughs> coming out of the reveal was very high for Forsaken, and myself included, I was watching it. Nothing outside of Gambit looks radically paradigm-shifting. However, it looks like a closer focus on the stuff that the community has wanted. Like a laundry list checklist was sort of made in terms of, hey, the weapon slot overhaul, it's pretty much, we're going with the, I like how you put it, the screw it method, where you want three of the same weapon, here you go. Have fun. I, mean, I used Break a different word, but uh, yeah, it's, it's just really funny. And 
By the way, dual shotguns in Destiny 1 was the greatest time ever. So three shotguns. I like how that's a selling point now. Three shotguns is going to be super fun, just regardless. You know they're bringing Universal Remote back. There's no question at this uh, point, right? As long as it's not nerfed. Give me five shots, double <laughs> the damage against PvE combatants again. Let's do that again. That was super fun times. Uh, Gambit is this new 4v4 competitive PvEVP mode where essentially you and like your three teammates are fighting to do PvE wave-based clear stuff and I think load up motes of light into these machines. And later on in the actual engagement, you can send one of your party members into another group who's doing the same activity. So it's eight people in total, two teams of four. You're both doing the PvE stuff and then you can send somebody in to invade and actually shoot and kill people of the other team. And I think you can steal motes of light. Kind of a cool concept. It does look like they've lifted some of the environmental assets from Prison of Elders. But overall, this has me the most excited because this is truly a game mode that I didn't know we needed. Like, I didn't think about it beforehand, you know what <laughs> I mean? But now I see it, I'm like, I am intrigued. And it's matchmaking. You don't have to have eight people in LFG to use it. This is kind of my dream right now because you're competing against another team yes but you it's whoever does the pve version better gets the advantage yes. that i love you eventually right you can still you can send someone over and do the pvp part and delay them but overall it's who can do the the wave based clearing better and i love that so i am actually really excited for gambit yeah and the new raid, they said it's going to have the most bosses out of any raid yet. The new locations look unbelievable. Uh, Dreaming City, Tangled Shore. Yeah, we're going back to what looks like reef-related places. Nine additional supers. Uh, that's cool. I kind of, not kind of, I really was hoping that we get a new class or a new subclass altogether for everybody. But the amount of new supers does indicate that we're, they're going that direction, but it's not like an entirely new class itself being brought to the right. game. You know what I right. mean? It's like a different, it's like an extra tree on each subclass, right? Yeah, and, and this might be better. This might be a better way to go for them, and that's fine with me. Um, the bow looked cool, and overall, I, I think this is something that at the $40 price mark, I was really happy with. The part where I became less happy, and of course, audience, this is just like a purely my opinion thing, was when they talked about kind of the monetization side of things, the annual pass that they announced, and the fact that you need expansions one and two in order for you to play Forsaken. You'll need base vanilla D2, expansion one and two, and then $40 for Forsaken. Why do you think they're requiring expansion one and two? And yes, I do know everybody rise, or excuse me, Taken King required one and two as well. I think because of the new systems or destinations included or introduced in Curse of Osiris and Warmind, I think, for example, like Mercury and Mars. Right. There's going to be activities on those locations in Forsaken. That's my theory, and it just requires it. If you have the base Destiny 2 game, you're not going to be able to play those in Forsaken because you know they're not there, right? And they, they did say, and I'll quote here, there will be additional D2 Forsaken product options unveiled later this year. So uh, players who do not own Destiny 2, the base game, or both expansions, uh, you'll have other options closer to the September 4th launch, uh, hopefully at a discounted price, because I'm with you, the additional $30 on top of buying 
the base game expansion one expansion two plus forsaken that's a that's a lot of money to spend on jumping into this game in september that's uh that is definitely questionable and a lot of my reservations are not about forsaken itself but about the annual pass and it's that's that's where most of my issues are with with their announcement last week i'm sure they're going to do a legendary edition of uh forsaken which will be just like the legendary Taken King. It'll be 60 bucks. You're going to get base D2 expansions one and two and Forsaken for $60. Um, don't you think they're going to do that exact same route? Yeah, something similar. Uh, my price point, if I, if we were betting, or I would say $70, not 60 But, of course, that's semantics. We'll see. Uh, yeah, so then they announced the annual pass on the live stream that went down as well, and it's going to net you basically nine months worth of updates to the game with a focus less on story as Deej said and more on repeatable end game activities things like uh new gear to go after new milestones to to collect uh collection stuff in in general just more things to go after but still very vague even though they put a graphic up on screen it really just sounded like hey we're moving away from story and cutscenes inferably because of cutscenes are very expensive story production is very ex expensive and it's not like the main reason most of us buy this content and we're shifting that focus towards creating more repeatable activities more investment-based activities now i don't know about you diddy i personally really wish they would have kept the annual pass announcement for some time much later down the road i don't have a big <laughs> yes. bank of goodwill for bungie right now like sitting up with extra all right i'm ready to throw more money at you However, if they prove value and it's worthwhile, I'll happily spend the 30 bucks on the annual pass. But as of right now, not a chance, dude. Not a chance do I actually think I'm going to throw money at it before I see concrete what each one of these looks like, right? Yeah, it was definitely questionable for them to announce that at the same time because it's, it, it's of course, asking the $30 up front with no other options announced. They did say they're having more payment options later, but they didn't, they didn't announce that, right? They didn't say... You can buy each content drop after Forsaken individually at this price. I would happily do that at you know an increased price if I knew exactly what I'd be enjoying for my money because I'm not going to just shell out this $30 for content that might be good. That's I think that's asking a lot right now for, uh, for dedicated Destiny fans. I don't think you and I expect something for nothing, right? Right. Both yeah. of us are happy to support good content. What I'm not comfortable with and what I hope the point comes across here is I want to see Bungie earn the trust back. They haven't done that yet for me. Forsaken looks great. Happily, we'll spend the $40 on it. But this annual pass move, for all we know, could be exactly the type of updates we're receiving right now. The seasonal updates that were originally funded by Eververse. If you remember back in D1, that was the whole idea of seasonal mm -hmm. events is that's going to pay for the ongoing updates that are going to the game. Now, if you need more resources to create substantially larger updates, cool. But I wanna know what my $10 per each quarter is really gonna lead to. If it's just the same stuff we're getting now, like Dawning and Crimson Days and these, you know, here and there things, I'm really not interested and I don't know it. To me, it rained on the parade that was a quite hype reveal for Forsaken. Right, yeah. And it's, it's for me, it's very similar to uh, the Destiny 2 launch uh, expansion pass bundle, right? I got the base game on PC plus the expansion pass for the additional cost. After Curse of Osiris, I thought I had essentially wasted my money because 
if Warmind, the second DLC, we had no details about it, if that was going to be more of the same as Curse of Osiris, I yeah. probably wouldn't have played it, right? But Warmind was better, to its credit, and I enjoyed the time I played that. So I, I didn't feel like I wasted my money after I had seen the content and actually played it for myself. So hopefully I'll be able to do that this time around with the annual pass. You know what would make me buy it right away is if they said Vicarious Visions is in charge of all the content for the <laughs> annual pass. I would have bought it in a second. You know why? Because Warmind, I felt, was worth the cost. I thought Vicarious Visions did a really good job, and they proved, and it's like, okay, cool. Now let's see that for the rest of the sphere <laughs> with D2. And I'm sure, it, come Forsaken, I imagine that's going to be the turning point for the game. But I can yeah. understandably know why people are salty. Like, you've, you're looking at this big cost that you're going to stomach when a lot of these people the sad stories state that like D2 vanilla was go, okay, I have to pay how much to get the game back to the point where it should have been at launch, right? Yeah, I mean, it's just, they said $70 to keep playing Destiny for a year. Okay, uh, maybe not. But the last thing I'll say on this is you touched on it. Um, I forgot, Never mind. Got that, <laughs> we're good. Carry on, I just forgot my sentence. Why don't, why don't we transition into Anthem, right? Yes. Okay. So we got to see a gameplay demonstration of Anthem, a very short little two, three minute demo set of clips. And then they also had a panel going on with some of the higher ups over at Bioware talking about the visions that they had for Anthem. Essentially, we have this open world action RPG from the third person perspective. It's a looter shooter. And you fly around in these suits called javelins. These are customizable mech suits. And I believe we've seen four of them so far, each with their own sort of power fantasy, one that's like the tank, one that looks really agile, one that more looks like a maybe a support kind of role. And you can have, like your character, since they're mech suits, you can have all of the mech suits that you want, like all the javelins. It's not like Destiny where I've got my one warlock, my one hunter, my titan. It's like right. the same base character that gets into the different javelin suit, right? Yeah, and I'll say, just to clarify, there are four javelins they didn't announce anymore they didn't say that there's a total of eight or whatever they said four javelins at launch maybe they'll add some in the future but at launch you get the four the four javelins they they revealed yep and essentially we just got to see them flying around doing some combat some cool systems that looked like damage synergies with you and your your friends it looked more combos combos yeah combos where uh, this guy was doing one attack, his teammate came in and obviously did some sort of complimentary damage that created this combo and it showed up on screen. Um, yeah, it seemed like a CC and then some damage dealt. It did a combo, maybe multiplied damage. And what's the idea behind the weekly stories concept? So um, they, they, they did it kind of like a comparison to an HBO series where each week is going to be like its own set of stories, right? Yes. Um, obviously, there will be an overarching story uh, th- for the base game, but for each week, there's going to be. I like to think of it as a um, a heroic or a daily heroic mission in Destiny One. Uh, but that week, you're going to be able to play this one arc, this one story arc uh, within the game. I think that's actually really cool. Speaking of story, the open world is a shared world, whereas when you go back to the hub, that is a single player experience. It's kind of like. Mm-hmm. It almost feels like an inverse of Destiny in some ways. Yeah. <laughs> and that's because there is a really big emphasis on story. With this being Bioware, they talked heavily about how the entire game is soloable. You can do the entirety of the story by yourself, and they really wanted to preserve that side of things. However, it will be harder than with co-op, and they want to encourage that kind of co-op drop-in, drop-out play. But they have the solo player in mind in all of the design that 
they're creating is that that's what I got out of it. What about you? Yeah, that that's exactly right. And these are the guys who did uh, Dragon Age and Mass Effect, right? They're they're known for really good stories. Yeah. And I really like that, which actually transitions to our next point. No PvP mentioned. My dream, what I mentioned on the show a couple weeks ago, no PvP, yes, and they're focusing entirely on PvE. I love that. Gives them more opportunity for a richer lore environment and richer story. Yeah, I'm sold. Done. It looked cool. I will now like put maybe a bottle cap on the hype. <laughs> it does look like they still just have a, a tech demo and don't yet really have a a clear game lined out yet. From the all the footage that we saw, it's the same map from last year's reveal. And it's it wasn't as scripted. We got to actually see some combat. We got to have people at the E3 show floor playing the game. But to me, it still looks like this game, which we're going to be playing in, what, like nine-ish months or something like that, still has a lot to go, right? Yeah, there, there was a recent video from Layman Gaming, and one of the guys said... Uh, Anthem's been revealed twice, and I still have no idea what it's about, and it comes out in eight months. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, sh- it was just really funny because it, it was so true. And uh, you mentioned the map. They, they did say that it's, it's one world, but it's, it's a huge world. So it's not like you're going to have multiple destinations like, like a Destiny. You have Earth, Mars, Venus. Oh, not in Destiny 2. Uh, but it's one world where you can just go in and drop in and do whatever you want there. So different regions within one world, I think. You you said this while we were watching the reveal together. This looks like it will probably be a more mainstream Warframe. And to kind of unpack that, you and I both play a lot of Warframe. We love the game. But anybody who's played, you know, 100 plus hours of Warframe can probably say the new player experience is absolutely abysmal. Like, you have to learn almost everything about Warframe from guides outside of the game itself. That's part of the fun. But mind you, when you look at this, definitely to me struck more of that tone of like this is probably a mech looter shooter that's going to appeal to a wider array of audiences if they can do this correctly right yeah exactly and that's not to say warframe is not popular obviously warframe is extremely popular but uh the style of game right yeah is going to be introduced to a larger audience like you just said and i think anthem is actually going to be the game to do that right and if anthem introduces a lot of those new players to the style of game and if anthem falls flat they'll say oh just go play warframe and warframe will get more players because it's so good yep they're releasing the sanctuary quest this week on pc so keep your eyes out that was announced at the pc gaming show just a few minutes ago so uh let's move on to the division two i mean both of us let's close it real quick both of us are really excited about anthem i think we're both cautious though because it's ea BioWare's had a lot of their top brass leaving the last year and a half, and quite frankly, like you pointed out, the skeleton looks promising, but so did the Destiny 1 reveal. So this really (laughs) could go a lot of ways, you know? One of Anthem's best marketing tools has been Destiny and its life cycle. Like, Destiny players are looking at Anthem because Anthem is was supposed to be that competitor, right? Yes, yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, maybe it might not be, but maybe it'll be actually really good maybe it'll suck because it's it seems to be eerily similar to destiny 2's uh, reveal and everything but i mean i i think i'm really excited from what i saw division 2 speaking of a competitor division 2 is looking freaking awesome we got to see a little four maybe three or four minute uh, gameplay demo 
Ubisoft needs to stop doing the scripted game chat thing. The thing that we made fun of a few weeks ago, the original yes. Division trailer got memed for that, where they're like, bravo, bravo, tango, come in. We need to go to Dark Zone Sector 367. And the other guy's like, roger, Betty, I'll be right there. And it's just like, no, nobody talks like that on Xbox And then the Live. meme version is just... Yeah. Right, get me some chips. Come on, I'm yeah. out of chips over here. Yeah. <laughs> And they did it again. So the setting of Division 2, uh, Washington, D.C., and it takes place like right on the transition of spring and summer, which is really cool. So we're out of the snow, finally. The Division 2 will feature eight-person raids. Its first three expansions will be free for all players. You can definitely tell it's the same engine. It's more of the same, but it looks improved. And what I will say from the demo they showed they are going way harder in on the RPG side of the game, it seems like, than Division nice. 1. So, right. Uh, bosses or, you know, bullet sponge criticisms was a big part of, of Division 1. The tank mob had weak points, had mechanics of different pieces of armor you needed to shoot off before you could deal damage to him. We saw an enemy CC one of your teammates with this, like, sticky putty. And you had to actually oh, yeah. like shoot their feet to get them unstuck. Uh, more MMO-esque mechanics and RPG <laughs> mechanics coming into play. And I am freaking thrilled about that. What about you? I I really liked what I saw. I mean, I, did, I didn't play the, the first division outside of the beta. So I don't have a good understanding of the universe or the, the gameplay. But from what I heard from the most recent update, uh, 1.8, really revamped a lot of things. And then from what I saw in the reveal trailer and the gameplay it seemed to be more of that good stuff so this actually made me you know pique my interest and said okay i think i'm going to jump into the division now because that kind of gameplay looks really fun i love the idea that they're bringing eight player raids into things and more so first three expansions will be free for all players now division one for me earned back a lot of goodwill with the amount of effort and time they put into improving the game post-launch and already I was happily going to come in and support Division 2. But this kind of feels like a nice gesture of goodwill to the player base. Maybe there were a lot of people who bought Division 1, were disappointed with where it was at at launch, and now are going to look at Division 2 and see, hmm, you know, these guys are going to give me the first three expansions for free. That's basically a year of Division support for free. That's a great way to earn back trust with players. I know earlier in the show we talked about, like, you can't get anything for nothing, right? You can't expect something for, for nothing. But there is good, what would you call it, juju? There's good vibes, whatever, in doing <laughs> this. You earn trust. Do you, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I was going to ask what the timeline was for those first three expansions. So it is a year, right? I don't, I don't know. I think it is probably if it's okay. similar to Division 1. Yeah, I think I think it might be a really safe bet because with the division they're coming out and saying, "Hey, releasing March fifteenth, and then for the next year you have content." Yeah, it's not, and, and there's going to be updates in between that. So I think that's really good. Like you said, good vibes coming from from that developer. Mm -hmm. Well, those are the three main things I wanted to hit on. Obviously, tonight's the Sony conference. There might be a little bit more Destiny 2 information that pitters out this week we can talk about next time. But when we wrap the show up here, dude, what were some of the other games that really stood out to you from the conferences? Things that maybe aren't the norm for Destiny the show, but looked really cool? 
I mean, yeah, so I was <laughs> really excited, of course, Halo. You and I have that rich Halo background, Halo Zone shout out. Um, also, Dying Light 2. Uh, Sanic, my fiance, she got me into playing Dying Light 1. Yeah. Uh, the parkour zombie game. Yeah. And it is super fun. It has a really great soundtrack, too. 80s synthwave, retro wave type yeah. music. It's really great. And so when Dying Light 2 was revealed, it's like, okay, it's a no-brainer. We're going to get that one. And uh, Doom Eternal actually looked really good. Uh, the The first Doom, the, the, the newer one, <laughs> not the original, uh, the newer Doom one was great. And they said they're just, we're turning it up to 11. So, yeah, get ready for more awesome stuff. Yes. I think that's super great. I was... Um, on Sunday for uh, for the Microsoft conference, I was at an E3 watch party. Uh, really great people with new friends and really great uh, company there. And it was really fun to have everyone's reacting to different games, just super excitement. Uh, there was this one guy ab- about the Cyberpunk 2077, just screaming with excitement because he's been waiting for so long for this game. And I'm pretty sure anyone who f- has followed that game had a very similar reaction. These are the guys from who made The Witcher, CD Projekt Red, and anything that they make is pretty much destined for greatness so i'm actually kind of really excited for that one now unbelievably excited dude like that reveal the amount of assets like just on screen in every scene is insane and after playing witcher 3 this looks like blade runner the game from the people who brought you the witcher (laughs) and that to me is just so i mean the cyberpunk setting has not really been explored in gaming very much and that is such a super cool setting and aesthetic. Kingdom Hearts 3 actually got a release date, dude, of January yes. 28th, 2019. As a kid who loved Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2. Could you, I think Kingdom Hearts 2 is like 15 years ago, Diddy. Can you believe that? That's so crazy. I mean, uh, gamer confession, I never finished the first Kingdom Hearts, but I did finish Kingdom Hearts 2. And another confession, I played them in reverse because... I didn't have a PlayStation for Kingdom Hearts 1. So, but I love the series, fell in love. I have been waiting for Kingdom Hearts 3 forever, and I'm really excited here. It's looking good. Devil May Cry 5 uh, looked pretty rad. Fallout 76. We, of course, dude, got that short but sweet Elder Scrolls 6 reveal. I think we all sort of knew it's in development, but I bet next year we're actually going <laughs> to be seeing ES6 like properly at the show floor. I don't know. I was reading the Paul Tassi. Uh, on Twitter and he said since they just announced Starfield their new IP which is coming before That's a Elder good Scrolls point. 6 That's a good point. Elder Scrolls 6 is probably a minimum of 5 or 6 years away so a minimum I mean, of 5 because no, I don't want to buy into that with the amount of content they showed for Starfield their new IP it's probably not for another 2 years Yeah. and then think about how long it was between uh, a Fallout game and Skyrim I mean, I don't know. It's or Skyrim and Fallout. I don't know what the timeline there was. So maybe sooner than five years, but I don't know. I, I trust Paul Tassie. Bethesda is at a point where they can take as much time as they want, make it good. That's that's yes. all that matters to me. Halo Infinite Free mobile throw... Elder Scrolls game, Elder Scrolls Blades. So oh yeah, they the said it, it's in. You can play it in portrait mode. So when you're in a meeting, it looks like you're just on your phone, but you're actually playing a game. I thought that was super cool. Skyrim for Alexa skit was pretty good. I, I want to. I love like, that. Break... Right so great. Um, <laughs> Halo Infinite. My my take on it, the art style, awesome. I'm glad they're going back to the old school. Uh, it does sound like Marty O'Donnell is doing the music 
for Halo Infinite. He tweeted a, a cheeky tweet about it. And I am excited, but it they have confirmed it's just a, an engine demo and that they are still in the early days of production. They're still hiring guys for Halo Infinite. And <laughs> so when I hear that as somebody who supports Halo on the channel, who's been desperately wanting some new Halo news to talk about, we're coming into the third year of no new Halo game. And we're probably two years away from Halo Infinite. I mean, the rumor going around right now is that Halo 6 got halfway through production, was completely scrapped, started Halo Infinite. The fact that they're still hiring for the project, in, in my mind, I don't expect this thing before 2020. That's crazy. You know? And and hopefully it's on uh, PC as well. They did yeah, announce yeah. that, you know, pretty much moving forward, their exclusive is going to be both Play Anywhere. So mm -hmm. that's going to be exciting. Overall, pretty cool Eve 3. I'd love to hear from the listeners what they think. You can fire back at Destiny the Show. What was some of your favorite stuff from E3? Whether it's Destiny, Anthem, Division, something we didn't talk about. We'll Battle to read those things. Battle <laughs> <laughs> You worked for GameStop, didn't you? Did you ever get a call? Yeah, multiple times. And it was still in the system, like the original. <laughs> and I said, yeah, you can get it for forty nine ninety nine because that's how much it was used. So. Oh, my word. Yep. All right. The, the closest location was like Puerto Rico, who had who had one in stock. I said, you can, yeah, you can go, go get it. Totally. <laughs> it's right over there for you, bro. Uh, where can people find your content? Twitter.com slash DiddyDTS, D-I-T-T-Y-D-T-S, and YouTube.com slash Wooshness, W-O-O-O-S-H-N-E-S-S. -S. You can follow the program at Destiny the Show. Join the conversation in our Discord, discord.me slash Destiny the Show. You can follow me on Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube at BBK Dragoon. Thanks for listening. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you again next time. Thank you.